Guys, uh, this last week I've been up in the Cape with Stephen Melberens and we've just been having this fantastic time as we've just come in and Colin and I have um, been able to spend some time with this wonderful couple as they've uh, been up in uh, indigenous communities and doing fireside yarns and discovery Bible studies on the seashore. As well as that, they've got uh, streams of disciples happening in different contexts from Turned soldiers to Korean uh, immigrant communities to white Aussies. Uh, it's been such a such a joy to spend time with you guys. Uh, welcome, Stephen Mel, to the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. And also we've got Rosie the dog in the background joining <laughs> in. Joining in. So good. So good. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, the story of your uh, entering into the Cape and what you're doing with the indigenous groups up there. Yeah, so what we're doing is we're um, flying up weekly, so tag teaming. Melissa going up one week, I go up the next week uh, into Kawanyama and Pomporor. And um, yeah, just starting uh, to actually meet the locals, love on the locals, see where they're at, and um, trying to invite them to a, a learning group, like a discovery group, where they're sitting around the fire pit and um, yeah, doing. What we do as as reading the Word of God, obeying it, sharing it with other people, but then we encourage them to go and do it with their own friends and families outside of that uh, fire pit on a Thursday night. Yeah, it's fantastic. And um, uh, flying in, you know, you're not actually flying in on a seven four seven or a, a, a Qantas jet, are you, into the communities? How are you actually flying in? Uh, most of the time, it's on a Cessna. So little plane. So we can take four people um, with light luggage or typically there's just two or three of us mm. with a l- bit of luggage. Um, and if that fails, then we might take the Dash 8 mm. um, commercially. But the Cessna is far better because we can just hop from community to community as the Lord leads and um, we're not stuck to a particular time frame. So yeah. it's great. Amazing. Hey, try to bring us as listeners into this these communities. What are they like? What does it look like? What does it feel like as you go in? What What are these um, Indigenous communities like? Yeah, so uh, I think Indigenous communities, are very, like some of them are very different. So, but the ones we're going into at the moment, they're very, very open to being prayed for. They're very spiritually open people. Um, and they're just really hungry to to gather together and, and read the Word. Uh, initially, when we first started going, there was a lot of um, walls up because yeah. we were new to the communities and they resisted, um, yeah, resisted to ent- let us enter into their household or their family um, other than praying for them. But now we're finding that they're really just really being uh, open to us and they want us to be a part of their family, a part of what they're doing more and more. And that's why I, I believe the group is getting larger and uh, they're just starting other groups outside of that other group. So it's really, yeah, initially it's it's been that hard, hard start, but we're seeing a lot of fruit from that now. Hmm. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. I think First going into a community like that, you know, white fellas turning up, um, you're looked upon with a lot of suspicion. Hmm. And actually one of the best things is if they say, hey, what you doing here? 
and then you know you can have a conversation but most of the time um, you won't hear much and you'll just be looked at but now that we're spending more time and we're seen walking with locals we're seen hopping in a car or a bus with locals around community um, yeah it's like everyone kind of knows who we are Mm -hmm. Um, even though we haven't met everyone word travels pretty fast and there's just so many open doors it's incredible in yeah. saying that, that's that's for Kaunyama. Pomparao is very different because we have not spent anywhere near as much time there. So, um, yeah, it takes time. You can't short-circuit this sort of thing because it's highly relational. Yeah. Um, but the beautiful thing is a lot of these Indigenous communities have um, people who are related across them. Mm. So um, that is certainly part of the plan, which I'm sure we can share a bit later on in the podcast um, to overcome some of those barriers. But, yeah, at the moment, walking into community, um, it's a big, warm welcome. So good to see you, sis. So good to see you, bro. And it's just um, they're hanging out uh, to be with us. So it's great. Yeah, and I think and like it's it's got to be um, a, a heartfelt love towards the community for them to get to the stage where they also love you back. Mm. So they'll see your intentions with them because um, mm. a lot of white people have come into communities and bad stuff have ha- has happened within mm. communities. So you have to have the right attitude while you're going into these communities of being with them, staying with them long-term, not just fly in, fly out, and that's it once. It's got to be a continual, mm. regular um, flying in every week so we you can actually gain momentum in the, in the communities. Mm. And so we... Kind of jumped in the plane, and we we in a tiny little airport on on the Atherton Tablelands, and we hmm. took off on this Cessna, and we 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 climbed up over a range, and then we got into the floodplains, and you're yeah. right out in the boonies here. You're really out where your days of travel on dirt roads to get to these communities, and you land on this little airstrip, and you've got about a a thousand people in the community, yeah, or mostly uh, nearly a hundred percent indigenous, yeah, and uh, it's just full of needs, mm. brokennesses there, but uh, also some wonderfully rich uh, um, culture that's mm. going on in the midst of their their um, experience as indigenous Australians and what they're processing. So you guys kind of started flying in. How did you connect? Where did it all start? What What did you do? Did you just get in there and set up some speakers and run a crusade? Or, or what, what did you do? No, de- definitely not a crusade because <laughs> they're very uh, resistant to crusades now because, mm. um, as I was saying before, you need to be regular and mm. a crusade is a once-off thing. Crusades aren't typically relational. No. And that's where it falls apart. Yeah. I mean, that can be great if there's relational afterwards. Yeah. But... Uh, the typical crusade thing doesn't really... You'll get heaps of people saying, oh, you know, I'm committed, um, but then they harden their heart afterwards. Mm. Um, no, we, we just went in there initially um, and just started yarning with people as we're walking along the road, praying through the str- through the um, streets. And, um, yeah, they just asked, hey, what are you doing here? Mm. And we were able to share what we're doing Um and we went there a few times and we thought, you know, there's not much happening um, spiritually. So we actually thought we'd sit under under a mango tree outside a certain building mm. where we noticed a lot of people were gathering 
Um, so myself and the pilot would just sit there and, and people started coming to us and asking for prayer. So we'd pray for them. Um, and then, you know, one time there was a lineup of people waiting to be prayed for under the mango tree um, where the bench is. And, yeah, it was really cool. So that's how we initially started uh, engaging mm-hmm. with the locals, with with people we really we hadn't met ever before Mm. so it was yeah that slow build of trust that they could actually see us coming every week and um uh being able to pray with these guys yeah awesome so i'm hearing a a strategy being written down now find a mango tree (laughs) sit under it wait for people to queue up and pray (laughs) awesome i'm there (laughs) it's a great strategy and um and uh, so from there after making these connections um what happened after that i think it was um more a case of just starting to have these guys introduce us to their family members as well Mm. and um, get to know them, see what's going on in the town already or the Mm. community, Um, spiritually what's happening. Mm. Is there an existing church? Mm. What's happening there? Is is that impacting people's lives? Is is that Mm. fruitful? Is that healthy? Um, Are there disciples being made even behind the scenes Mm. culturally? Is that happening? So just doing a lot of listening, a um, lot of observing, and then when we're finding certain people that we know after hearing them, we know they've got some sort of a calling on their life as mm. as a person who wants to reach mm. the loss, we just start pouring into them. Yeah. So that's what it looks like. Mm. And yeah. then, of course, um, the ones who actually want to keep connecting and want to keep learning and engaging um, just continue to pour into that space yeah so there was one specifically there was one woman that we connected with myself and the pilot because Melissa and I go obviously alternating weeks and um there was this woman that turned up to this meeting that we had we were invited to a women's meeting myself and the pilot we're both males so I don't know why we were invited to this women's meeting because it had nothing to do with God which is a bit strange but we turned up, but then this lady turned up and she came in after half of the women's meeting was was over. And she just, there was something different about this lady. She, um, she loved on her community like no one else we saw in that community love on the community. So we then um, talked with her afterwards and she was very much a strong believer. She loved the Lord and she wanted her people um, to come into a relationship with the Lord. And we said to Mel, you know, she's she's certainly a person of peace within this community. Um, so we said, next time you go there, you've got to meet up with her. You've got to catch mm. up with her. Mm. And that's I think that's how we first started um, with this with this lady, hey? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So we went in and... and um uh, you, you then had a, um, a fire and a barbecue, and suddenly about you had thirty indigenous all around the fire, mm-hmm. and um, you did a, a fireside yarn. Now, for those who are not from Australia, the term yarning is not that you're walking along doing some knitting. <laughs> um, it's it's actually an Aussie term for having a chat, having a talk, yeah. yarning. 
And um, so you have a fireside yarn and you actually run, broke them up in groups and did a DBS. Mm. Tell us how you got to that stage uh, to mm. do the fireside yarning because that was church, you know, yeah, that was absolutely. really um, yeah. uh, a great church experience for the, for the Indigenous there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it actually took a, a long time um, and it took a few false starts. Mm. So uh, there were a few little pockets where we started to see but a discovery group kind of start, even though we never called it that. Uh, we just used their own language, um, which is English, but, you know, their own terminology. So we'd see things start and then it would kind of fall apart a bit and start and fall apart a bit. And um, eventually uh, we just thought we've actually got to be far more pointed mm. and, and far more aggressive might be taken the wrong way, but uh, just... Um, not beat around the bush so much and say, okay, if you want to become a disciple maker, turn up Thursday night around the fire, we're going to do some DMM training, (laughs) you know, and we really use that Mm. language. Um, And that helped much Mm. to our surprise. That real intentionality. It actually really helped because Mm. in the past we were just kind of, you know, trying to be very organic in in the language and approach, Um, but they were really looking for, something important and special mm. um, to attend and something very meaningful. Mm. Um, so sometimes that stronger language really helps. Mm. Um, so we started doing that and uh, laying hands on people, praying for them and um, making sure that we weren't, you know, up the front stage in the spotlight doing mm. all the talking. Um, it was a real shared experience and, you know, there would always be people crying or um, wanting to share stories or um, there was a lot of vision to reach the community going on Mm. Um, but it took a while to get there took a lot Mm. of prayer Mm. took a lot of persevering through pushback from the most unlikely places Mm. Um, yeah just so worth it and and there was definitely a time where I was ready to say I need to shake the dust off my feet Mm. um, because this is falling flat and I've been told I'm not really wanted here. Mm. Um, Not by the Indigenous people. No, not by the Indigenous people. But then um, those we were pouring into that were Indigenous uh, were pleading for us to stay. And so we persevered and then this, it's just... um, it's just gone so big so fast since then mm. um, because we've been a bit more directional intentional, and intentional yeah. in the way that we speak and train now. Yeah. Yeah. And now from that, that one group, there's maybe three other groups that are, that are already going. And um, Dave talked to another man that I've been talking to as well to encourage him to start another group as well, which mm. is really mm. cool. Mm. Yeah, He said he was going to start a group this week, and so yeah. next week yeah. when you turn up, Steve, you can, I can ask go him up that. to him yeah. and say, how'd you go starting yeah. the group? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed sitting around the fireside with you guys. You, you led with high relational intent uh, that you guys were just really relationally engaged but also highly intentional. And um, the language is tweaked and changed, but it was f- full discovery Bible study. Yeah. Mm. And you, you asked the questions in, in the way that this, it was understood, read the scriptures, and I had the privilege of just sitting at the edge in your group, Steve, with the blokes and mm. 
listening to their their you know what's been good and yeah. what's the challenge and what do we celebrate yeah. celebration was fantastic as I was just thanking God and then as I shared the needs their their real heart for um uh, just jumping into addictions in the community and also uh, for um, for uh, the next generation and it was just awesome you know just yeah. to see that level of sharing beautiful stuff yeah. and uh, then reading the scriptures and and yeah. um, then having them pray for me because uh, yeah. we, we we were doing the um, scripture you led us in the scripture on the Jesus and the demoniac at yeah. the garrisons and and praying for me to as we go into PNG to do it. Man, that was powerful. Mm. That was so good. Amazing. And um, yeah, so how how amazing is that? Tell us tell us some stories or some things that are coming out of this. Um, you know, the the personal stuff that's going on there. Oh, one thing I'd love to share um, was when we uh, first started um, putting together that night. Uh, you know. Some of the guys had started the fire, people were raking up, um, sausages were starting to sizzle, and um, people were starting to pull up chairs and come around the fire. And there were uh, three people. There was a a man and two women, um, and evidently had been drinking, but... Not too much. It was... yeah, Yeah, but they had been drinking, and their plan was to continue drinking up the road with the brother, but... While he was in his front yard, he heard God say to him, go down to that fire pit, go, go down to that fire pit, go down to that fire pit just again and again and again. And he had no idea what was going on. He'd never been before. Hmm. Um, but he he called uh, his sisters and, and they walked down to the fire pit and said, what's going on here? Um and they were just welcomed in with open arms. Mm. And it was beautiful to see them sobbing, sharing stories, feeling like they completely belonged there. Mm. Um, you know, no one was trying to act all religious and superior. It was, it was just a really beautiful thing to see that happen mm. and then engage in the scripture and, um, and share from there. Mm. So stories like that melt yeah. my heart because that's just not going to happen if you do things the typical way. That's mm-hmm. always been done. Um, yeah. yeah, just there's, beautiful. There's also another man in the men's group mm. uh, as well who came along um, because he was trying to get some of the kids from the community back with their parents or their um, or their grandparents or whoever would take them so they wouldn't be outside a community. He, he, his heart was to get kids back into the community mm. that um, child safety had taken out. And um, this man, yeah, he he came to the fire pit as well after his meeting, and uh, he was half Samoan, half Indigenous, and he told me later he said he hasn't connected with God for a long time, yeah. and that really sparked sparked him back into um, wanting to build that faith back up in Christ. Okay, and, and that wouldn't have happened if he wasn't uh if we weren't outdoors around the fire with the, with these uh indigenous guys so it's just really cool and and really awesome to to hear you know every week we have something else yeah. another story of of um you know god moments where people you know come in, come closer mm. to the lord another um story was a man um 
had seen a witch doctor for healing mm. and actually that was the the week leading into yeah the just weekend. before we arrived there mm. um and we got this frantic phone call um from his sister saying oh my brother's needs to talk to you he he just needs prayer and and this man had pretty much avoided us up until that point um for whatever reason and he got on the phone and he was so desperate um to talk uh, because he had seen a witch doctor he'd received a bad spirit mm. and he was completely distressed um and it was just a great opportunity to talk to him about the power of jesus and to pray for him and cast out that bad spirit and uh, talk to him about following jesus yeah and he turns up to that fire pit um mm. that same week when we were there mm. you know and you just go wow Man, the power of God is incredible. Yeah. And so he's, he's accepted the Holy Spirit to fill mm. up the void from from that evil spirit. So mm. he's actually, yeah, filled mm. filled up his yeah his void there with 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 the Holy Spirit, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of opportunities. People coming from all sorts of, I guess, situations and and, and backgrounds, but from that one community. There's a lot going on. Yeah. It just feels like it's the beginning of something that's going to get big. It really does. Yeah. Just that real sense, this is it. Yeah. Mm. And you've got um, some great leaders that you're pouring into who are are multiplying. And, you know, given context, there's a small little church there. And on Sundays they they were having three or four people turn up. They're growing as well, so yeah. the church is being blessed. So they've but, got about seven or eight now coming along to that, yeah. their church, which is but, great. But in the community now, 30 people, 30 plus people, yeah. plus families who we know are not there, yeah. plus other discovery groups that are being birthed throughout the community, yeah. are very exciting. And as you, your, your vision is not just this one community, mm. but it's uh, through the Cape. Bring us into that picture. What's some of that... Uh, vision there of multiplication and um, uh, moving forward yeah we would love to see this happen in every community basically because we know it works and we know there's such a need and um, uh, the cool thing is which this is what I'm really excited about is that these guys are all family spread across the land Mm. so when we're looking at going into new communities it's highly unlikely that it will be a cold start again Mm. like it was for kawanyama because there's always going to be family from some of these guys who are doing this training that live in the other communities and we can take them with us you know or even just release them to go we don't even have to be there if they're up for that so that's the ultimate goal Mm. you know Less of us, more of them. Mm. So that's the vision. And uh, there's already so much talk about who wants to go where. Um, yeah. It's just it's just about to to spread, I yeah. think. We're on, we're on so the cusp sa- of that. That's a saturation vision of mm. communities mm. throughout the Cape, the Gulf, and also Arnhem Land yeah. area. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's what we believe um, yeah, will happen. Mm. Yeah, really... Really exciting stuff as you can just see the natural relational spread. Like this morning, uh, we joined you for church on the foreshore where we gathered with a number of Aboriginal ladies and, mm, and uh, opened the yeah. scriptures. And, mm. and straight away there was uh, a, 
quote unquote stranger, an indigenous lady you met, you yeah. invited her to the table. She was related to one of the other yeah. ladies, <laughs> and and suddenly um, they were all doing discovery Bible study together, yeah. and yeah. and we were there. Um, uh, Lucas and I were with you, but we couldn't sit because there was not enough room at the table, and yeah. it was so cool just mm. to see the relational connections between them. Some of them were from the community we were just in yeah. on, on a couple of days ago, and yeah. they come down to Cairns for medical treatment. So they're travelling, they're moving, and uh, the possibilities for the gospel to spread is just um, just awesome. Actually, yeah. just when I was dropping one of them home just mm. an hour ago, mm. I got yarning to her about being homeless, you know, the feeling of not having a home because mm. she's in that situation. And I felt like that a little bit when we were in the caravan mm. um, and, you know, we didn't have a place we would just call home for a long time. And I just said, you know, the beautiful thing is Jesus was just like that during mm. his ministry. Mm. You know, he would travel, he was nomadic, yeah. and um, God could really use that. And she really caught the vision for doing the same thing, mm. yeah. spreading the gospel, sharing story and testimony mm. so much more easily because she's mm. not tied down to her own home. Yeah. Mm. Now, it's, that's a thing in mm. the Indigenous population. They'll get that very quickly, yeah. mm. the spread of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Really exciting. Um, it's just uh, just been just fabulous to spend time with you guys, and and um, yeah, like I, I have said a number of times, I really love you guys. I think you you're just doing such a great job, but you spread very thin. There's a lot of the harvest is plentiful, mm, yeah. but the workers are so few, yeah. and it's like you're pouring yourselves out there. And uh, I think I, I get a little concerned is is are you stretching the rubber band too far sometimes Mm. as the praxis community those who are listening to this podcast um uh, will be praying for you and standing with you and cheering you on what are some of the real prayer needs that that we can just say hey i'm going to be praying for you this week Mm. um in in um uh, as i listen to this podcast i'm just going to pray for you yeah Yeah. i I think the main prayer need for us is workers for yeah. the harvest yeah. um we've awesome it's awesome we've actually think we've found another um lady to partner with mel going into these communities yeah. which is great she's just got to do a little bit of training yeah. before she um is on board but she's 99 percent sure yeah. she uh wants to come along to these communities but we need uh, I believe we need a, probably a couple more teams going into communities and doing what we're doing, so mm. that um, so that we can actually disciple and mentor these leaders in communities yeah. a lot more effectively, rather mm. than uh, it relying on just a few, just mm. a yeah, a handful of, of mm. people doing this. So, yeah, praying for more workers mm. is, I think, and everyone says that, mm. but yeah. I'm being selfish here in saying that as well. Uh, we'd, we'd love more workers yeah. and the right workers, not just any workers. We want people with great character yeah. so that these communities have a solid foundation yeah. um, from the get-go. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Do you want to add? Yeah, another prayer point would be, um, uh, I guess, finding the, the right rhythm, no. um, having a family and tag-teaming, seems to be working for us at the moment. Um, 
but we know that uh, as teams increase and as um, I guess different pockets of movement increase the load is going to change it'll be a different season as that happens so yeah prayer for our family to continue to invest in each other um, so that we can stay strong we can rest well um, and we can continue for the long term that's a that's a really big thing mm, we want because to be here for the long term it's yeah. when you see this sort of thing um starting to happen it's really easy to not know when to stop because mm. it's exciting <laughs> mm. um but if we don't stop then we're going to face plant so mm. yeah prayer for the right rhythm and um yeah prayer for seasons of rest yeah prayer for right. seasons of refreshment and import yeah. Yeah. and yeah. the holy spirit to pour into you guys mm. yeah. and, and you know the the idea that it's actually not your work, it's his work yeah. and, and he mm. needs to raise up the workers. But mm. we need to pray actively for that. And mm. very exciting as we look around Australia and we see seeing new groups birthed around the nation and new mm. discovery groups and just to jump into this harvest field and say, Yeah, oh man, God wants to move. It's yeah. it's so exciting. Look guys, as we finish I want to thank you for taking the time at the end of a very busy few days and you you're sitting here and uh and uh we we're just just been running hard these last mm. number of days thanks really appreciate it um you want to just finish with a word of encouragement for the um praxis worker um or the those who are really out there making disciples at various stages um what would you like to stay or pray or or bring input, a word of encouragement to those who are listening? Yeah, I, I think one thing that is, is really important is relationships within um, groups of people. And I'd really encourage you guys to get alongside people um, who are in your team, love on them, support them, encourage them. Those who are the ones you're reaching do the same with them because I think uh, relationally loving on people is so important. Um, that's where I believe uh, the gospel will really explode is when they know that you're genuine, when they know that you truly love them and um, they know that you're really there for the long haul with them uh, relationally. Uh, I Yeah, I just really yeah pray for you guys that you'll really dig into this space. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to pray now. Father God, we do pray for the guys here um, who are listening to this podcast. I pray that you will bring them this um, overwhelming love for their teammates, overwhelming passion to uh, just feed into them, love on them, Lord God, uh, with whatever way, physically, but also spiritually, with your word, uh, with praying for them, um, just letting them know that they're there, Lord God, as well, whenever they need them. Yeah, I just pray that uh, you will go out there and um, yeah, be that encouraging disciple maker that you need to be.
Ah. Uh-huh.